The more you're mamin in HaKadosh Buhu, the extent you're mamin, it as if it becomes a reality. When you really believe in something, like one plus one, you know is two, then even if someone wakes you up in the morning, you know one plus one is two. You don't have to think. It's so obvious to you. It's like you know the palm of your hand. Wherever you get your podcasts or on prismoftorah.com. This is Rebesaf Aaron Prisman on the Parsha, the Prism of Torah. This week, Parsha's for Eskanan. Don't forget to leave the airport. Shalom to everyone. After the Heilige Tishabev we just had, we are now approaching the next parsha, Parshas Vaischanan. And this time, I want to elaborate on a Pasuk. Perik Dalit Pasuk base. The Pasuk tells us that one should not add on to the Torah or Chaz Shalom, take away something that's written in the Torah. As it says, Lo tosifu ala davar asher anoichim etzavei eschem velo tigreu mimenoi. So, Rav Naiman in his uh, Sefer Dalki Muso asks the obvious question. We understand why a person is not allowed to take away and remove things that are written in the Torah. But what's the understanding behind the other mitzvah, which is not to add? We value the Torah, we want to protect it even more, we want to show Hashem how much we love the Torah. Why can we not add other commandments to, to the Torah itself? What's so wrong with that? Before I bring his answer, I want to bring two other questions that at first glance have nothing to do with the topic we're discussing. But the answer will be very relevant. And it's close to my heart right now because I just heard a good friend of mine speak at my shul yesterday during Tisha B'av, two days ago. And he raised two questions to do with Tisha B'av. Question number one, how does it really make sense that HaKadosh Buhu expects us, or Chazal expect us to mourn the lack of the Beis HaMikdash? Harei, it's something that is so not tangible to us. We haven't experienced it. So how can we mourn it? That's question number one. He, he, he asked, and question number two, which a very, it's a very strong question. The Rambam in Hilchos Melachim, Perek Yud Aleph, Halacha Aleph, says the following. He says, it says the following. In the future, Hamelech HaMashiach, in the future, will come back, and everything will go back to the way it was, Malchus Beis David, and Emir Tzashem will have the Korbanus again, and the Shemitah, and the Yoivil, and everything's very nice. And then it says a very striking sentence. And whoever doesn't believe that this is what's going to happen, and in Mashiach that will come, and Beis HaMikdash, or, as Achonim, or even if you do believe, but you don't wait and yearn for him to come, not only is he koifer b'shar nevim, lo b'shar nevim bilvad hu koifer, ela batoyo v'moyish rabbeinu. That's 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 an extreme statement. If a person, even if he believes in Mashiach and all that will happen, but he's not yearning and waiting for him to come, it's as if he's on his. It doesn't even say as if. It says, Mamish the Rambam says, his koifer, it doesn't, it doesn't believe in, in the Torah, in HaKadosh Buchu, etc. And the question that my friend, Rabbi Ezer Pine asks, I don't understand. The fact that Hashem 
is upset at us, and it's as if we're koifer in the Torah and in Moshe Rabbeinu and the Kodesh Buch and everything. If we don't believe, that's understandable. How can we not believe? We know that everything's from Hashem. And the Torah is from Hashem, and this is what's going to happen. But the fact, okay, so we don't anticipate Him to come. We're not yearning for, him, for Mashiach to come already. Well, that's also, we, we, we're labeled as people that are koifer in the Torah? How can it be? That's very extreme. And after feeling the question, he says, the answer could be is very simple, but he still need to ask the question and give the answer. And the answer is, to both questions my friend Abazer Pine raised, is at the end of the day, it's all a function of the same thing. It is all a matter of belief. It is emuna. The more you're ma'amin in HaKadosh Buhu, the extent you're ma'amin, it as if it becomes a reality. When you really believe in something, like one plus one you know is two, then even if someone wakes you up in the morning, you know one plus one is two. You don't have to think. It's so obvious to you. It's like the, like you know the palm of your hand. That's how you know what one plus one is. So too here. If you really, really believed Beis that we had Beis HaMikdash, and it's going to come back to us. And what it did, as we spoke last week, that the whole spirituality of the world, the whole world was a better place. It was totally different. And it removes the barrier between us and Hashem. The Mechitza goes down. If you really believe to an extent, then that becomes a reality for you. And therefore, as a, as that, that, that it's automatic and it's obvious that you're going to yearn for Mashiach to come. It's obvious. And therefore, it's all one thing. It's all about the Emunah. And that's the same reason we are expected to mourn for the lack of the Beis HaMikdash and Mashiach and HaKadosh Buhu, the Shekhinah to come back to Yerushalayim. Why? Because it all reveals how much we believe in, in HaKadosh Buhu and in Mashiach that's going to come and everything. If we really believe to that extent, then for us it's like a reality. And yes, you can reach the point that you mourn for it. And that's why G'dol Yisrael wasn't hard for them to cry in Tisha B'av because their emuna was so high. Now what does this have to do with us? The same thing is also true by us. The level of Amuna, all these things of mourning and, and, and what the Rambam says, that it's as if it's koifel na because if you really believe on a high level, then, then you're yearning for Mashiach to come already. Especially when you see what's going on around us and what levels, what low levels already people have reached, the Yerida Sadoilos, etc., then of course you're yearning for Mashiach to come. If we're, if we're really ma'amin, we'd even do Tikkun Chatzois every night, which brings Mashiach closer. So that idea, in a way, Rav Neumann says, also for the question we raised in our parsha, if a person really believes the infinite wisdom involved in the Torah, that the Torah is something that came directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and there is no end to the wisdom behind it. In all, in so many dimensions, Pardes, Pshat, Remes, Drash, Soid. And we know that the Torah is geared for all the generations until Mashiach will come. And also after. HaKadosh Buhu created the Torah before he created the world. And, and the, the Gemara tells us HaKadosh Buhu looked in the Torah and through that he created the world. I.e. the Torah is the blueprints for all the worlds. So therefore, if a person realizes that, of course... He can't add something to the Torah. The Torah is perfect. The, the fact that we on our own, not Chazal, we on our own are adding something, that almost shows that there's on a certain level 
a lack of our understanding that Torah is perfect and it's for everyone, for all the generations. Not like Chas Shalom, some people want to say, oh, let's get with the times, it's different. End of al The The Torah is, has infinite wisdom involved and we see that in so many ways. I'll give just two examples. One example is the Gemara in Menachos, Daf Mem Dalet Amudalef, talks about a person who was very careful in the mitzvah of tzitzis, and at one point his Yetzirah got the best of him and he was about to do a big Avera, but at the last second, as he was walking to do the Avera, the, the tzitzis, the strings hit his face, and, and we realize what tzitzis is all about. As we know, the tzitzis represents the Tariag, the 613 mitzvahs, and they reminded him what life is all about, and it saved him from doing the Avera. And all, uh, so many mitzvahs have this aspect to it, that they're so deep. And even the, the even the Tamea mitzvahs that we know, it's just the tip of the iceberg. I remember, a gadol, I don't remember who it was, was saying, look at a Torah, how, how much, how much wisdom is involved in it. And this is only what we can fathom, but there's way more than that. Evidently, a person that steals doesn't have money to pay, he has to sell himself to be a slave. But who, who takes under his wings this Evid, this slave? It's obviously, a family of chesed, that they're willing to take a criminal into their house. So instead of this criminal going to jail and living with other criminals and feeding off of each other and you know that you're affected by your society, that's another Rambam, famous Rambam, instead he gets to live in a family that's totally 100% pure chesed. And the way they have to treat the slave is as if he becomes their master. If there's only one pillow in the house, he gets the pillow. Why? Because this way we can bring him up and he'll see what life is all about and how life is a better place. When you do chesed, then you mimic HaKadosh Buchu and everything is totally different when you do that. And so it goes and so it goes. There's so many mitzvahs like that. And the chinuch goes on to give the tamea mitzvahs. And we know that it's called tama mitzvahs because tam means taste. And we connect to the mitzvahs as much as we can, but we have to realize it's only a taste. It's not the thing itself because we can never fathom in this world the infinite wisdom behind each mitzvah, everything, and and self, and the person that adds to the Torah, whoever adds to the Torah, maybe Chazal can do that to protect us from certain things. But whoever adds to the Torah, it's as if it's a blemish in his emuna that that the Torah's emes and and everything comes from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and it's perfect, perfectly geared for all the generations, for all the people. We're just talking about the tip of the iceberg, but whoever is exposed a little bit to, to anything related to Kabbalah or Zohar, you see how much gematria is involved, and each pasuk represents something, and the, 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 the Sfalm of the Helege Arizal, that, that uh, his Talmud Muvag, Chaim Vital wrote, you see how everything fits perfectly. It's unbelievable. There's so much, and we know that... He got this only through a HaKodesh. It's not something we can get on our own in this world. Because the Torah is infinite, and we have to realize that. And I'd just like to end, after I think we've answered all the questions. Really, we, we asked one question in our parsha: What's the big deal if we add something to the Torah? And the answer is, yeah, it shows a blemish in the extent that you believe in the Torah. It all reveals that you don't believe in the Torah 100%. And that the Torah is infinitely wisdom, there's infinite wisdom involved, etc. And also in Tisha B'Av, we also spoke about this idea of how can we mourn the, the base of Mikdash and how can the Rambam says it's such a horrible thing if we don't yearn for Mashiach to come? 
How can it be? It's not even, it wasn't a reality for us. The answer is, if our emunah is, is on the level it should be, it is like a reality for us. Perception is reality as we know. And just like to end with a small concept, a friend of mine spoke to me about a certain idea, whatever it was, but he ended off with this seemingly very simple mashal, but I think we can all relate to it, so I want to share it with you. And I think it has to do with this concept as well, about living a Kaddish Buhu and realizing that the Torah is, there's infinite wisdom involved, and, and that Kaddish Buhu, what the world is all about. And it's not enough just to do the mitzvahs externally, but we have to internalize what we're doing. The mashal is as follows. Someone asked him, by the way, have you ever been to Cleveland? So he told me, I didn't know what to answer the person. Because, was I in Cleveland? Well, where do I answer on such a question? On the one hand, I was physically in Cleveland because I was in the airport there for 10 hours. So I was in Cleveland. On the other hand, I never left the airport. So I saw buildings through the windows. But is it nechshav, is, is, is it nechshav as if I was in Cleveland? I don't know. I didn't know what to tell him. Now, I assume Cleveland is a hub for switching from planes to planes. I know Detroit is. I would have said the same muscle with Detroit, but I don't know about Cleveland, but I'll take his word for it. At the end of the day, the concept is the same. He says that sometimes you can live life, and your whole life you can live in the airport. You have to live life. The, the, the mission of Pirkei Avos says you have to be with the Bries. You have to be with the people, affect them in a positive way. You have to have relationships and, and be be on your friend in a good way to chesed with one another, give him a good eitzah. We have a mitzvah to give an eitzah toiva to our friend, to help him out. And when he's down, to, to, to help him out, etc., etc. But we have to realize that we can't just do things externally, just because we're used to it, or it's the right thing to do on, on, on the external things, side of things. But we have to internalize this, and live a Kaddish live the toira, realize what we're here for. And this you can only do through Yilas Hashem, through working on Yilas Hashem, through working on your Emunah Bitochon, in our door, in our generations, there's so many kalim, so many tools out there to, to, to work on your, on your Midas and internalize them. We have the Emunah Bitochon of the Chazunish that's, that's been translated even. We have Chovas Alevavus. And a person has to, to use these tools that Kaddish Bohu gave us in our generation to reach this level of 100% Emunah. Yeratzon, that we won't be living in the airport of Cleveland our whole lives but rather we'll feel like we're outside of the airport, connecting to people, working on emuna, internalizing emuna in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, working on our midos to be like HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that through that, Mirza Hashem will merit to bemet mekar v'gulayin and dial l'tzaruseinu and will be zoiche to meshech tzidkeinu b'mrav yameinu. Amen. Thank you for joining us. This is the Prism of Torah. Visit our website, prismoftorah.com, where you'll find a full archive of hundreds of past every Torah. Subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and don't forget to share with your friends and family. Sponsorship opportunities are available for all of our episodes. Thank you, Yonavefa, for your recording equipment. Produced by Ellie Podcast Productions.